Marina Abramovich is my mother is an ekphrastic, polyvocal, semi-fictional, lyrical autobiography written and produced by Jody Ann Stevenson. Ekphrasis is writing in response to another work of art. In this case, Marina Abramovich's My Mother is a piece of writing written in response to performance artist Marina Abramovich's collective life work. The catalyst for this piece was Marina Abramovich's The Artist is Present. Polyvocal means that this piece is told in many different voices. All of the voices are meant to be within or coming from the same person. It is semi-fictional because it is not entirely true. It is lyrical because it is not linear and it requires the reader to make the mental and emotional leaps that they would while they were reading poetry. In fact, some of it is even, in a sense, poetry. It is autobiography because it is part of the story of my life. This episode of the Marina Abramovich Is My Mother podcast is meant to be an introduction to the entire work. Each episode that follows will contain one act of the work. There are five acts, one interlude, and then a sixth act. To listen to this podcast in its entirety, you will begin with this introduction. Listen to Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, Act 4, Act 5, the interlude, and then conclude with Act 6. Thank you for being here, and thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy Marina Abramovich Is My Mother. My mother died in June 2009 after I refused to speak to her for three years. This was a tragic mistake and one I will will regret for the rest of my life. Though, like every child who refuses to speak to a parent, I thought I had very good reasons for shutting her out. As soon as she died, however, those reasons didn't seem to matter much. Months after my mother died, my husband, with whom I had two small children, left me. He also had very good reasons for doing what he did. Thus, I found myself in the spring of 2010 visiting a friend in Manhattan during one of the weekends I did not have my children with me. We were splitting the children's time 50-50. I could not stand to be alone in my home without them. I went away every weekend that I could. The weekends, I couldn't travel. I escaped by drinking myself into a stupor. My friend in Manhattan slept in on a Saturday while I could not sleep at all. So I got myself up and went for a walk. I have traveled to New York City many times. I I felt as familiar as a tourist can feel with those early morning streets. It occurred to me that I might have a few hours to visit the Museum of Modern Art, which I had actually never done. And it was my great fortune that I just happened to visit MoMA while Marina Abramovich was in the middle of her The Artist is Present performance. Here's the truth of that experience. I had no idea the performance was taking place before wandering over to MoMA, but as soon as I got in line for tickets, I heard the buzz of conversation on everyone's lips. The name Marina Abramovich kept moving in circles through every conversation. I busily consulted my mental Rolodex of artist names that I recognized, and I thought, I remembered this one. Yes, wasn't she in an episode of Sex and the City? This is a shameful reason to know of Abramovich's work, to say the least. So I continued to search. No, I remembered. We had studied one of her more controversial performances in my art history class in college. Oh yeah, she's that performance artist. The one that held a gun to her head or something. The one that allowed audience members to write all over her or cut her or something. 
There is something I have always loved about performance art. I think so, I think its immediacy thrills me. Like spoken word poetry, it's raw and in your face, and at its best, it's unapologetic. But there's a part of me that has always thought that some performance art was kind of bullshit. And yet, the way everyone around me was talking about Abramovich as we stood in line to pay the entrance fee intrigued me. I thought, maybe this will be a bunch of bullshit, but they are making her sound crazy and they are making her sound dangerous and they seemed bothered by her yet attracted to her. So I eagerly climbed the stairs to where she was sitting. Because it was where everyone was headed, I followed and got in line to sit with Abramovich. I was 16th in line, I counted. Once the flood of people died down, the woman in line in front of me turned around and asked if it was the first time I had come to wait. She had been in line more than a handful of times already. She had returned day after day to get the chance to sit with Abramovich. She said there were some days that people in front, in front of her would sit for three or more hours. She was hopeful that today was her day. I confessed I really didn't know much about Abramovich or her work. So this woman strongly encouraged me to not bother with the sitting line and go instead upstairs to the lifetime retrospective of Abramovich's work. I considered the fact that my dear friend would be waking up soon and maybe I shouldn't spend all day in line just to sit with someone and stare at them. So I got out of the line and slowly made my way to the sixth floor. I did not sit with Marina Abramovich. My way was slow going because once I left the line to sit with Abramovich, I actually started looking at the piece. I stood to the side with many other observers and watched. The space was blocked off with what looked like painter's tape. Abramovich was surrounded on all sides by about 15 or 20 feet of white space. So watching the piece was like looking into a room that had no walls where two people were just sitting across from one another in chairs. But once I started looking, it was for me breathtaking. It was intimate and vulnerable and painful. I actually wept. Then again, I was weeping steadily and easily those days. Eventually, I tore myself away from the artist as present to see what else this remarkable artist had done in her lifetime. Marina Abramovich's My Mother attempts to capture the journey I went through while experiencing the breadth and depth of Abramovich's to date life work. So I will not and really cannot recreate what happened to me in this introduction of the work. Before I entered MoMA that day, I was one way. Walking through Marina Abramovich's retrospective was like moving through a strange and unexpected birth canal. <laughs> when I left MoMA that day, I was another way. I will tell you this. After the first couple of rooms of her work, this phrase came into my mind. Marina Abramovich is my mother. And with each new work I experienced, with each new text I read, this phrase became a mantra. There was something in the work that made my body sing this song. When I returned to Michigan, I borrowed every book about or by Marina Abramovich that was available in the state of Michigan. I read feverishly. I took copious notes. I began writing in response to that song that wouldn't stop ringing through my body. I began writing in response to everything that I was learning about Abramovich, her life and her work. I could not stop writing. I didn't finish the first draft of Marina Abramovich is my mother until sometime in 2012. And that draft is almost unrecognizable as being related to the work's current state. Since then I have rewritten, revised, reworked, shaped, bled and birthed this manuscript that for me is the culmination of work 
that really began years before I even stumbled into MoMA that day. What does it mean that Marina Abramovich is my mother? This claim is the fundamental fiction in this otherwise true autobiography. I place true in quotes because this is my story as I have told it myself, to myself, from my perspective, for most of my life. Though through telling this story, I have been able to gain perspective on it, a perspective on it that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Through adopting Marina Abramovich as my mother, cultural, artistic, imaginary mother though she is, I have become the master to a large degree over the pain I thought for so many years absolutely defined me. I listen to this story now and I realize it's immaturity, it's melodrama, it's refusal to accept responsibility for my life. Somehow coming to know Abramovich's work has taught me this. I don't know how to explain how other than to have written this work. There is one other majorish fiction that I would like to address in the work. I have two children. In the story, I only have one. As I revised and continued to write the work, I realized that this was a woman's story about women and for women. It is about mothers and it is about daughters. My relationship with my son is a different story. It's outside the scope of this story. In Marina Abramovich is my mother, I only have my daughter. And in some ways, the daughter in this story is an amalgamation of both of my children. From my studies of Marina Abramovich, I don't think that she would necessarily approve of this story being a woman's story, nor am I sure that she would greatly appreciate me using her art to heal from my own distinctly female trauma, but I did. And whether this is how she would want someone to experience her work or not, it is how I experienced it. I revere the work that Marina Abramovich has given this world. I have only sought to honor that work and dance with it in my response to it. Though I'm not sure she would appreciate my work in kind, I very much hope that she would at least see what I have created is born from a deep and abiding gratitude and appreciation for her work. Many of the people who have come in contact with this work ask me if I will send it to Abramovich or let her know that it is in the world. I see no need for this. I have made sure I am not breaking any laws by using her name in my work, but beyond law, me approaching Abramovich with news of this work seems akin to a hummingbird approaching the ear of a dragon with news of its minuscule nest. If this work has merit and becomes known to enough people, she might eventually know of it. And in that instance, I hope she will forgive my brazenness at claiming her. And I hope she will understand that my claim is actually to myself. A note about the voices in the Marina Abramovich is my mother podcast. My friends and colleagues lent me their beautiful voices for these recordings. Some are trained actors. Some are skilled readers. Some are themselves poets. All were generous with their time and supportive of this work, and I owe them my abiding gratitude. There are times that the voices contradict one another sharply. A big, clear voice like a bell rings up against a voice so quiet you have to lean way in and over to hear it or turn your device up to maximum capacity. 
I thought for a long time about re-recording these seemingly smaller voices, but in the end, I decided it was absolutely essential to keep them in. All of these voices are my voice. All of these voices are the voices that bounce up against one another inside my head, or at least some of them. And sometimes I have to listen hard to hear the voices in my own mind. And sometimes they're as plain as day, as clear as a bell. I feel like this variety of voices, these variations in volume and pitch and cadence are exactly what this work wanted, needed even. I am forever grateful to Trisha O'Connor, Barb Handley Miller, Mark Brown, Kristen Cornelius, Shay Davis, Ara Lynn Ross, Donna Giuliani, Laura Dahl, Crystal Starkey, and Danielle Peterson for their time and effort in bringing Marina Abramovich's My Mother out into the light. Please visit marinaabramovichismymother.weebly.com for more information about Marina Abramovich is My Mother and its author, Jody Ann Stevenson. Please visit the author's Patreon page to learn more about her projects and how you can support her work at patreon.com slash Stevenson. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash j-o-d-i-a-n-n-s-t-e-v-e-n-s-o-n. Thanks for listening.